it going, guys? I'm Zeke. I'm Jake. And you're listening to the Cinema Sideshow Podcast, Episode 4. Ooh. Yay, a month. We're doing all right. A month. We made it all That's a month. A month? Good s- that is a month. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's a month, right? It's That's crazy. a month. Started this a month ago. Uh, as per the normal, we'll go through the highlights of the past week, updates on my 365 challenge, and what's new in the world. What's new uh, in the world? Any... We have some small pointers for our, our typical film career journey mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Uh, this week on the show, Very our exciting. movie of the week is 2019's Dan Gilroy's Velvet Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw the Velvet. Just came out on Netflix. Yeah. Fresh, hot off the press action. And uh, next week on the show, we'll tease Ooh, that, but it's uh, a little there. bit different. We're going... Uh, yeah, we got, we got an interesting direction. Yeah. This one, oh, I like yeah. that. That was clever. Interesting direction. Oh. <laughs> Good. I know was, you didn't even that was unintended. I <laughs> <laughs> did not mean to be clever. Alrighty, Jake, how have you been? How you been, man? I've been good. I haven't seen you much this week. No, a whole like four days without me. I know it's depressing. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> and then you and watching the, a couple of movies. I've been watching a couple. Yeah, I, I I didn't blow up like I did last week, but I've I've caught a few, and I think we've got some interesting talking points this week. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm, t- of, I'm tired as well. I kind of, I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit tired too, admittedly. Yeah. Um, it's been a long week. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited for you. You got a, you got a good week coming up. I am. I will be taking. Uh, this is actually a little bit of a, spo- a little bit of a cheeky spoiler. Cheeky We're recording this curtain. normally. Where we normally record this on the Monday morning. We start our Mondays. Start our Mondays right here, and then today it's Sunday the afternoon. Out. We're a little and early this week. Yes, because I'm going. Going away for a week, going road tripping, Ooh, bit of soul tripping. searching, bit you of know. Soul searching, I'm excited. I'm really yeah. excited. Hopefully, might come back with a fresh new script, but I'll tease that now. That's oh, it. I, I thought you were going to say fresh new tattoo. <laughs> I honestly was thinking about getting a tattoo, but really, yeah. I mean, wow, uh, that's uh, not film related, but okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So in the last week, as cool. per the norm, got a cheeky update for my 365 challenge. 365. We are up to. I know. How many did you say you were at? Sixty-three. You did last year. I've done. I last year. I did the same challenge as you. A little yeah. less good at it. <laughs> um, I got sixty. Yeah, sixty-two films I watched over the year. So we're in the what is this? The the tenth of February. February. This I, will go this, up on the eleventh. This is yep yep. This is film numbers thirty-six to forty-two. Jesus Christ. Uh, admittedly, starting to get a little hairy on the <laughs> watching. I need to watch these things. With um, with people now because it sometimes it's getting too up. much. It's now. getting it, it. Sometimes it gets a little bit difficult. Thankfully, this week I had a lot of assistance in watching a stuff. A lot of assistance. Um, we didn't watch anything together. Not 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 you, unfortunately. No, this no, week. no. Oh, we'll, we'll fix that. Maybe we'll, we'll watch something. We'll watch something. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, this before I go. Let's but, watch Arthur and the Invisibles. <laughs> Holy sh! I rewatched that this week. It was terrible. Really? It's so fucking bad. So, <laughs> you said like you got PTSD from it. I, d- I mean, like, look, it's a 2006 film. Mm-hmm. All I remember from watching it as a kid was the whole theater going nuts when we had a video game trailer before the film. What? We're like, this game, it's a video game. Oh my god, it looked amazing. Like half the theater was in like, oh my god. And I don't remember anything about the film. And then I rewatched it the other night, going to bed, and I was like, holy shit, this is horrendously <laughs> bad. This is so terrible. So, I watched The Front Runner, which is the new Hugh Jackman film mm, from which, Jason Reitman. Which uh, I was very excited to see. I haven't seen it yet. Was my second consecutive cinema viewing with no one in the mm. theatre. And I did this one. That's so, impressive. we have these really nice theatres here in Perth, uh, in Carousel. They've got reclining chairs. Oh, you went to Carousel? Yeah, and got the reclining chairs in the theatre nice, myself. Nice. And I saw it with... Um, my, my two mates, Oliver Toole and Callum Howman, who have both watched a lot of these films, actually. Quite a few of these films. Okay. And they've recommended a few. Um, I've watched a couple with you. Um, mm. Annihilation. I watched Alex Garland's Annihilation. First time I saw that. Okay. Loved it. It nice. was uh, It was a lot of fun. I have many good things about it. I love the music. I think the music's the thing that gets me oh, yeah. um, with that. Apollo 13, Ron Howard film. It's a Ron Howard film. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's the sign of a cut of the sign of it. Kind of, oh my god, kind of a classic though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. I guess it's a uh, definitely. It's one very, of the most quoted films of all time. I would surely. definitely say it's probably one of the most uh, 
90s films of all time. It's got, like, the literally the kings of the 90s in it. Right, it's got, like, Tom yeah. Hanks and, like, Kevin Bacon that just came off the 80s. I, I like to think of Tom Hanks as the king of any era he was ever alive in. <laughs> I think the 90s one. was definitely, like, peak Hanks. Like, oh, yeah. Like, definitely, yeah, Forrest, the Terminal. Forrest Gump was 90s. Yep, the Terminal. Terminal. Um, um, Catch Me If You Can. That was early 2000s, wasn't it? What? No, it was 90. Oh, no, 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 no. Maybe I'm out. Anyway, moving on. 30 Minutes or Less, recommended by Jack Bet, the J. That's right. I saw him yesterday, and he told me that he recommended it to you. Immediately watched it. Because he didn't know what to make of it, really. And I didn't know what to make of it. Okay. (laughs) Um... It's a, it's an interesting film. It's Catch co- you if you can. Two thousand and two. Wowzers! Zeke is bad at movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Land of Steady Habits. Um, bit of a, bit of a, a non-film. I imagine when you watch three hundred and sixty-five new films, you're gonna have a few that you kind of like. They're not bad, but they just, they're not one I can recommend because I've had right. some real, real bangers. Uh, Four Rooms, recommended by James Norton. Um, mm, we've pretty, talked about this before and um, honestly very interesting concept never heard of it before watched it and now I want to do it uh, like we were right. saying before the show started well what's the concept let's tell well, the audience well it's four aspiring directors that um, um, it, that in the 90s they were aspiring and now they're quite big right okay now when you think about it uh, oh, so Ro- this is this was made in the nineties? Yeah, ninety five. Oh, okay, I didn't know this. four rooms. Okay, so this was fresh off Pulp Fiction for Quentin Tarantino. Um, Rodriguez, I think, did a couple of zombie movies. I think I'm not hundred percent sure on that one. Um, I know he went on to do Spy Kids. Mm. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh, Spy and Kids, man. It was a couple of it was four directors. They all did a part of this story that yeah. cultivates it. Easy. I'd watch it. I think it's one of those movies, it's absurd, but it's like also, it's very and vastly entertaining. Right, okay. Um, would check it out and would love to try something like mm. that. I was like pitching to you, I'd love to do like Get a 20 minute idea. With, it. Yeah, well, we know a couple of directors. We're a couple of directors ourselves. We'd like to. Oh my. Okay. We'd like to give that a, I think we should give that a go in the future. Yeah. So maybe stay tuned, fun, maybe there might be a, something to talk about. And then yeah. um, we both. Had different recommendations last week on the show. Right, so this is something I wanted to bring up. Um, last week, we both had a film each that we kind of recommended to each other but didn't say anything. It was yeah. one of those, you, you you just need to watch it. Films. It was an unspoken. Exactly, kind of an unspoken... What do you mean, unspoken Well, like, like, we both, like, I guess, like, it was more like... We didn't... Ex- I guess, like, when I recommended it to you, I didn't expect you to go home and watch it immediately. Okay, okay. And then when I saw... I didn't watch it immediately. It was, like, during the week. Yeah. It was like Wednesday okay, or something. Okay, so oh. I, I guess we're giving each other homework now, which is what I'm... I'm yeah. yeah. So you probably should... Anyway. I'm not watching Arthur and the Invisibles, though, Jack. I'm no, that, that's okay. That <laughs> Yeah, it turns out... I didn't realise this about... I, why do I keep talking about Arthur and the Invisibles? <laughs> it turns out there's actually... Um, they cut the film down because it's a very, 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 very fast-paced film. Like, okay. they literally cut between scenes mid-dialogue. Like, they're just... They're in such a rush to tell the story. And you realise... They had to cut it down to eighty nine minutes, um, and they cut all the scenes like the American version, the Australian version. Like they cut it all down to get rid of the romance story between Freddie Highmore and the chick, because Freddie Highmore. That was uh, that's his name. <laughs> a, no words. Uh, no words. Charlie, man. Um, no, and that's because apparently people didn't like the age difference, the supposed age difference between the characters. Mm. Although in the film, they actually do say there's only like one year difference. And that's like mini more years, like cat years. So it's like really like, like a day. Okay. Age difference. Some weird, Some weird, weird movies that were in like stuff, that mid two thousands period. Yeah. Um, maybe um, we should do a th- the thorough review one time. Oh yes. <laughs> It'd be the worst. Shit, the April the Fool's show. The yeah. April Fool's shit. April first. Um, welcome, April... welcome to the uh, sideshow cinema podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh. but, um, no, you're right. We gave each other homework. Yes. Because I thought it would be cool. Since I I ended up watching Tickled, which mm. was the film you recommended. I can't know anything about. Just watch it. Yes. And I said the very similar thing with the strange thing about the Johnsons for you. Yes, in which we just watched. It. We just watched. I sat with you and we watched it. So I've seen it twice now. What did you think of that? Because that you, you is um because obviously it's. The director of Hereditary, yes, which we will be watching in a couple of weeks. Mm. Um, our good friend Jesse Newell has recommended a double feature, which I kind of like the idea of of the Vich and oh, Hereditary. Oh, double feature, okay. Um, 
maybe only talk about one of them, but we are. He said right, watch okay. them back to back, gotcha. and I would be That's like, cool. okay, I, I would like us us three to sit down and maybe watch that, and then go on and do okay. an episode. I wanted cool. we wanted I wanted to talk about Hereditary. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet. No. Um, so it'll be interesting for us to go in. Have you seen The Vich? No. And I haven't seen The Vich either. There so you go. Uh, both are apparently yeah, in that. Got a sort. lot of homework to do. <laughs> yeah, God, it's we'll, getting, we'll make it's getting that stacked happen. up. It was a really solid, you know, thirty-minute film. You know, yeah. it was it? It wasn't. It's not. I don't know where people get these ideas from. Like ideas Apparently, like Apparently, this. this came from a discussion the director had about um, tabooism, which is something they very explicitly talk about in the very first. Yes, um, it's shot really well. I think it's a really solid piece. Mm. I think it's as long as it needs to be too. Yeah. Um, although, admittedly, you probably could quite easily stretch that into a ninety-minute feature um, if Absolutely. you wanted to cut back and forth between what was the penultimate event that's actually a good way to stretch it out because it does it does feel like you're right it doesn't overstay its welcome necessarily or it doesn't you know it's a nice 30 minute film but that's a really good way to stretch it out is to kind of have these like maybe well the inciting incident like yeah. where we we see where his thought we, we the film tells you exactly everything you need to know but if you wanted to make it into a feature, it's quite doable, yeah, in my opinion. quite easy to figure so, out where that narrative takes itself. Yeah, I, I liked it, but I also don't think that film is for everyone. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think Hereditary, from what I hear, has the similar sort of thing, where it's kind of like, look, if you're a more passive movie viewer, these types of films would not be for mm. you. Because they're more contemplative pieces. They're yeah. like... They're not there to make you feel comfortable. Really. Mm. They're they're very much to incite emotion out of you, and those emotions are ge- you know they're they're generally uncomfortableness. So, um, and then I gave you tickled. Right. So I watched tickled. Um, the David Ferreira. Yeah, and I also watched the uh, the follow up that you mentioned, the Tickle, Tickle King, uh, twenty minute HBO version, basically mm. that follows the film, the actual and film itself that becomes very fantastic. meta. And I, yeah, I want to say, I think I actually enjoyed that more. But to be fair, that might also be because it's like the whole festival film side of oh, yeah. the event as opposed to the event it's, itself. It's also yeah. like, but you wouldn't have enjoyed that if you'd just seen 20 minutes by itself. Oh, absolutely. Not because you would have no, you would have not enough context for what's no. happening. But like, you get the reward out of it. Mm. And it's, to me, I just was jaw dropped in that film but yeah. you, you you watched it so well, you gotta give me it's your it's interesting verdict. yeah because i so i watched it based on your recommendation and i think I, it's quite clever because they do advertise it obviously as like hey um competitive tickling and you're like okay this must be interesting and then it's interesting and i said this i watched it with nat and i said this uh, with your recommendation you told me there's like a point maybe like 15 minutes in where everything turns on its head are you gonna and just quickly when, are we going into spoilers yes so because I really want to emphasize this part. You gotta watch this. Watch this documentary, but this is the spoiler part. I I, I held off for a week. Yeah. So. Well, that's why I wanted to do this because it's been a week. People who heard you last week intrigued. Hopefully, watched it themselves. And I obviously give it my thumbs up. So okay, absolutely now, watch it. I'll you have permission to green light. I have please. the green light. Ching. Um. Oh, where's that ukulele? Um. <laughs> no. Um. I. When you said like there's like a point maybe like 15 minutes in when yes. it really turns, I thought that moment was like two minutes in. It was very quick when he gets the reply, that email, that first initial email. Oh, and he gets caught. And it, uh, yeah, and, and it, like all these like very profanity. homophobic um, slurs are thrown in yes. and all this stuff, and it's like, okay, here we go. Like this is immediately that switch is dialed and uh, was very intriguing. Yeah. Um, but I love the build of intrigue because it starts off so, for lack of a better word, flat, very regular, very normal. Mm. It's in an office. It's well, uh, there's not. I mean, it's not shots, but you're right. There's that kind of you don't okay, get the hook so until that just, email reply. Really. Yeah, exactly. That's the well, moment. that I mean, that's the whole idea because it's like, oh, competitive tickling. That's interesting. I wonder what that means. And then it's very quick. He gets the email. Yeah, and you're right, and that's that's when. It, everything swaps and i thought it was quite because i really did enjoy this doco because it is one of those ones that just holy sh- like where did that come from yeah you know and then you go deeper and deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole and it's, this is like insane 
um, especially, and I love, I love the um, how they end it because they obviously had like a, a you know stockpile of footage. They've got to figure out in editing how do we order this, how do we tell the mm. story, um, because they don't really kind of get to the very end of. I, I don't feel like they kind of do the final crackdown like that final kick, but they do end it with the phone call to. It's like, it's like an auntie, something like that? Um, it's the stepmom. Stepmom, that's it. Um, and that was a great way to end it because you finally get that kind of personal It's so message. good. It's yeah. Such, and it, the way it cuts to black, cuts up, cuts to black, cuts up, cuts to black, yeah. cuts up. Uh, Just those, and another thing kind of feeling. Yeah. Kind of keeps cutting back, yeah. And I think it's honestly, it's a great example of uh, two things, investigative journalism Oh, because it's, it's definitely at its core. He is he was a journalist who yeah. investigated that. The story was about that, about doing the research and going deeper into it and yeah. finding all these things. And it, it was a it definitely shows as something that they really did dedicate their time to. It didn't feel like they just mm. slabbed a documentary together. No, this took months yeah, this, of, yeah. of hard work. Even and, like them tracking down the shooting location and they try yeah. to sneak into the building, like that stuff is like that wouldn't have been easy for them to figure out. No, and yeah. like like it was, it's a really good documentary. And the follow up, the the YouTube video that follows the YouTube video yeah. the, at the Sundance screening that I love. I like I said, I love that even more because it had that angle to it, and it was like that after effect. And the that 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 level of drama when they're in the theater and he's there. Yeah. And they have this back and forth, very public back and forth in front of people who just watch the film. I was like, this is amazing. Imagine if you were in that theatre. Exactly. Like everyone turning their heads. The guy, you can see the guy in the background. He's trying to do his little Q&A. And, right, and then like just stops. He's like, no, yeah. the tension's over there now. But like, that's not what it is. I, that's, yeah. What I love about it is very rarely do these sort of documentaries exercise the fallout. They yeah. don't show... They show this revelation and these things happening, yet they never show the fallout. They go, oh, this person did all these things, but very rarely does then that person go, I'm going to fight my way out of this, you know? Yeah. Like, it was like, it was basically like, like and the meta narrative there, like, yeah. to show that, oh, his actions had reactions. Mm. It, it was just adding consequences another... on top of it fascinating doco incredibly entertaining and it, yeah. it I just there's no other way you gotta watch it it's, it's it's really good i do feel like yeah i don't think it's perfect i think there are very small dips in there i think there's a specific moment when it jumps from they kind of jump ship from where their attention is and they start going to this like case that's way older about the principal yes all the vice principal and then that's obviously where the focus goes there there's kind of a there's a bridge between those two stories from where it starts. That's what's trying to insinuate. And, yes. Yeah, and I understand it needed to be there, and it wasn't very long, but I found I felt like there was a bit of a dip there in terms of attention. Okay. Where I kind of lost. Oh, okay. Wait, where are we looking now? Because it almost it started interviewing people who had gone through it, you know, the whole tickling phase, or people who would do it themselves, but are not part of this like you know, creepy organization, just people who are like, this is a service I perform and this is it. And there's some it's great a fetish. Yeah, exactly. And there's some great moments, like the way they shoot shoot in slow motion. Well, an example of it for one, but it's like that stuff, I feel like the interest was how deep in the rabbit hole we're going down. I feel like that was a bit of a like, okay, we're gonna turn left here and just kind definitely, of see the normal part of it. It's definitely normal, also a, a, a tonal shift. Yeah. Too, because it's like it becomes a bit more fun for some reason at that part. It's like, I guess oh, it's, look at this. I mean it to counter counter you, yeah. Um, I think that needs to be there. It needs that to actually be there. helps yeah. you keep the attention. It, right. Just because it's not going a hundred miles, like oh, we're investigating, investigating, investigating. It's like oh, well, let's give context. I think it helps support and build the world. Yeah. And kind of build that like, well, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, this this sound. It, the thing was, it wasn't him having a tickle fetish that was the problem. The problem yeah, was it was the what fraud would, that come yeah, after that. Yeah. Yes, because techno you know, and the and the like. That's the thing. What they're yeah. trying to show is, I guess that the. I mean, it's not the for us, like the general viewer. It's weird, but obviously yeah. this guy. There was another guy who produced these videos, and he was normal in the sense of 
Well, he wasn't uh, trying to rip people off. He, he wasn't. Was, he was or ruining he was, people's lives. Yeah, he was performing a service. Yes. That's all it was. And then, exactly. And it was trying to counter the whole, you know, the bigger organization, like, creepy stuff that was actually happening. Um, I do I do agree it needed to be there. Um, that's just something I observed. It's not necessarily negative towards the film. Especially no, the things about discussion. It's great. Exactly. Watch, yeah. uh, let's talk about it. I think, I think the thing is, like, that's what you imagine this doco is going to be, is that moment. Where it's like this is this is the the more normal uh, kind of socially acceptable side of this discussion, and that's kind of what you think the doctor's going to be about entirely before mm. the you know the creepy fraud stuff starts coming in. But um, I agree that it needed to be in there. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to point out it was a bit of a slow point in my. But by the end, I was like edge of my seat. This is amazing, especially mm. when they're tracking him down. It's um probably one of the best documentaries I've seen in the last mm. couple of years. So, tickled out uh, on Netflix. So uh, Netflix. I would give it a give it a look. And definitely watch the Tickle King immediately yep, after on YouTube. Um, and yeah, no, that was that was pretty much our weekend film. Yeah. Well, I did catch. Speaking of, uh, um, you know, fancy seats fancy at a carousel. Seats. I did watch. I did finally watch How to Train Your Dragon three. Did you enjoy it? Um, I quite enjoyed it. I did. Um, again, I still don't remember remember the first ones in terms of the whole trilogy. Um, it does feel like a nice wrap up to the full trilogy. Yeah. So it's got ninety, uh, I think ninety four or ninety eight percent of Rotten Tomatoes. That's crazy. Which I think's absurdly. It's a too little. Much. That's a little high. It's eccentric. It's think. not like a mind blowing film. It's. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wouldn't call them safe films, but they're also not dangerous films. And yeah, they're, they're very not as enjoyable. profound as some of the Disney Pixar stuff. Oh, exactly. Instance. I think I think Disney, especially. Pretty much anything they did before 2011 was just like exceptional, 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 yeah, exceptional. I mean, you, I think, you got Wally, and yeah. then you got How to Train Your Dragon, and it's like yeah, which exactly. one's trying to teach you something or exactly. And I think I still think How to Train Your Dragon is like a great, and they do some cool things. I wanted to point out. I mean, first off, like we were talking about the visual effects. Oh yeah, of the second one, which blew like blew me away, and that was like five years older than this one, and this one just you know kept it going, and especially like the particle effects. Yeah. Of stuff like yeah, there's very specific moments. Is one where he's like painting, like the like attachment ring, uh, ring, oh, yeah. wing, um, like he's painting and stuff like when they're drawing in the sand and just like all those kind of elements. Just that stuff looks amazing. I think like, from an animation most standpoint, most of the toothless and light fury stuff. That was very awesome. No dialogue, like communication between the two of them, and yeah. that I love that. So I actually did write a note here how I think those scenes were some of the best in the film. Yeah. I agree. Just the two dragons communicating. It's honestly a pretty... Compared to the last one, the one before that, dialogue obviously takes a, a backseat more in this one. Yeah. Because, obviously, it's focused... It's shifting more towards Toothless and Expedic, so... Yeah. yeah. No, it's at very the same clever. Time, clever scenes. He didn't need to. Yeah. Did he? I mean, and it was it was good, like, comedy. Like, him doing a little ritual dances and stuff. Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah, I got to chuckle at it. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm glad you enjoyed it, James. I enjoy it. You know what? I'm on your boat now for the... You're on Team Hanzo. Tra- yeah, like, cool. And, like, I wish he had a beard for more than two minutes in the film, because... Bit of a... Bit of a... T- oh, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, like a tease oh. in the trailer, eh? Mm, I was a bit... That was actually probably where I took points away, because I was like, ah, oh, there's a bit of mismarketing there, and I would have really... A little really, bit. Would have really enjoyed an adult version of him. Yeah. I mean... It's that Captain America meme. Where like they compare Captain America one two and Infinity War, like how he looks in those Avengers films compared to how um, Hiccup looks in these films. Yeah, I love that because like there's real character development going physically. There's a lot, and of it would have been cool. And honestly, yeah. I don't think, especially in this one, I think Hiccup's um, story could have come at the older age and been the same type of story. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't need to be like. Like if he had had if he had been the more grown up version, maybe not as old, but like a middle ground between the yeah. the age and the last one, maybe like yeah. Like if you assume it doesn't look the, like he's aged much physically in the yeah, and that kind of film. was frustrating because yeah. it's like, and it also would have helped with the villain, I think, more too, because it would have been like, oh well, these villains still exist, these bad people still exist, yeah, even though exactly. in a world where for the last you know the decade or so, we've been pretty sustained. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was a little bit cheeky in the trailer. Yeah, I but it's, I watched I, I watched the trailer afterwards because I because you mentioned it and I was like I remember the advertising having he had a beard so I like looked it up 
and what I actually did find funny was when I watched How to Train Your Dragon 2. Is it Dragons or Dragon? How to Train Your Dragon Singular. Dragon. Yeah, yeah Dragon. Um, when I watched number two, um, when it jumps, there's like a you know five minutes before Hiccup and um, Toothless. Toothless, yeah. Mm. Before they're introduced and there's a, they, so- they play a song. And I'm like, this sounds exactly like Ed Sheeran, um, Castle on the Hill. But the song didn't exist when that film came out and then the trailer used that exact same song oh there you go I was like they sound exactly the same it makes perfect sense <laughs> well but yeah no I agree it was a little bit of mismarking there which before we go shame. into our movie of the week quick mm. updates Jake quick updates alright well we're still selling tickets for uh, Disconnected on March 1st at the Backlot in Perth so uh, if you go on Eventbrite or you go on the Clicker Productions you know Facebook Instagram wherever uh, you can get links to tickets to the event and we've got a bit more details on the event now We've got a couple more details. We've got a couple more details. Well, we know that you were hosting a yes. group panel. I'll be hosting, it's like what, like a 30 to 40 minute panel? Uh, might even stretch to an hour. It really depends. It's a two hour event and it depends when the panel starts and how yes. long we can take it. So um, hopefully like a full hour. Yeah. That's um, like the most it we'll, possibly be. I will be hosting that and uh, the panel will include Jake, um... Jake we'll Diagrella, me, director uh, and creator. Yes. Uh, we have uh, Monique and Zach, who are our two leads in the film. Uh, and we got some of the supporting cast, so like James Mooney, uh, Rebecca Cullen, and... Um, what am I missing? You're giving out some oh, posters, no, aren't you? That's it. Yeah, we are giving out... Um, so now we have the posters officially out, so you can look at that. Um, and we're giving away two for a free raffle that night. So if you if you buy a ticket and come in, you will get a raffle on the spot, and uh, two of you will win a signed poster. There we go. So, yeah, and you're in charge of that one. You're what gonna, the raffle? Yeah, you're gonna you read out the uh, little thing in the panel. We'll only do it like midway in the panel. Okay. So I have to like tear and give raffle tickets to people. Um, you probably won't have to give them. Away. I'm learning I, my I, job I, on the go. No, 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 no. no yeah, I I just mean you'll probably just read out. Oh, number. cool. I don't think you would physically give people the tickets. Easy. So oh. where can they find tickets if they want to buy a ticket to your premiere? If you want to buy a ticket to the Disconnected premiere, um, open premiere, uh, Eventbrite. So you just chuck it on there, and it's uh, roughly about a little under $17, I think, with the with the excess and stuff. Um, so yeah. And uh, you come on down and have fun. And tickets are selling, so uh got to get on there early, guys. Otherwise, don't want to miss out. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Coming up on the show, we've got Velvet Buzzsaw, Velvet Buzzsaw, Dan Gilroy's 2019 art house slasher. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good term for it. Yeah. All right, I like that. Stick around. I'm quite curious to know what you think. I think sober hasn't been good for him. Pierce was in the full bloom of alcoholism here. Exactly. Never should have quit drinking. No originality. No courage. My opinion. I can't save you. Following his 2014 directorial success with Nightcrawler, Dan Gilroy returns with his latest film, centering around the fine arts industry in this unique piece. Mm. After a series of paintings by an unknown artist are discovered, a supernatural force enacts revenge on those who have allowed their greed to get in the way of art. The film opens by following art critic Morf Vanderwalt, or Jake Gyllenhaal, as he attends the opening of an exhibit in Miami Beach. Morf is highly... Uh, opinionated critic who wields a tremendous power. His reviews often break new artists. Also in attendance uh, are gallery owners Rhonda Hayes, played by Rene Russo, several uh, artists, uh, Pierre's played by John Malkovich, and other avant-garde patrons of art. Mm, so, Josephina, played by Zowie Ashton, discovers the body of artist Virtual Dees, who lived in, in her building. When looking into her upset, his arts... Oh my god, I'm butchering this. When looking into his upstairs studio, Josephina finds a large number of intriguing paintings. Also found were ashes of other paintings. The artist was trying to destroy his own works. But why? Josephina looks over the reason. Uh, Josephina overlooks the reason and takes the paintings to Rhoda. Rhonda, I think that is, mate. Rhonda. Rhonda. It's spelled like Rhoda. Rhoda. No, you, I think you are correct, sir. I apologize. I know. I know. I, I know. Do, I, know I don't a, do film. I know a Rhoda in real life. <laughs> well, this so. film was definitely interesting. Very interesting. So you, you said, Jay, we're going to watch this film. Yeah, because it came uh, out on Netflix, and I kind of wanted to do a hot off the press Netflix film. Right. We've kind of the weeks before with American Animals, Roma. Roma was pretty fresh, but not as fresh as this one. I feel this like. one was literally like out less than a week. So. And this is super fresh for me. I watched it 
a few hours ago. I watched it this morning um, because I literally did not have time to watch it. So, Pride, you watched it a while ago. I watched it just a week ago. So yeah, this yeah. time last week. So that's funny because we'll have two different... I have I've, the process, you have the holocaust. I have press. very fresh kind of opinions on this and stuff. And I wrote a lot of notes. I wrote more notes than usual. For a film review of this guy. Mm, that, is that a good thing or a bad no, thing? No, I think it's a good thing because I usually go off the cuff. Like, I feel like American Animals, I feel like there's a lot of... If I actually wrote notes and took a bit more in while, so I probably would have had a bit more to say. Not that I didn't have enough to say last week, but I think it's a good thing. Well, so, it feels like you're ready to go then. So, I'm ready to immediate go. reaction. Let's go off that first. All right, so for Velvet Buzzsaw, um, I knew it was... Um, not taken into effect on my opinion. I knew that the few people that had seen it, I told them, don't tell me anything. Um, and all they would say is that it was generally mixed to some degree, mixed reactions. Mm. I leaned a bit more on liking it. I did quite enjoy this film. I think it's going to be quite, I don't want to say forgettable, but I feel like I'm going to forget that I have seen it pretty it, quickly. It's interesting because I'm kind of in the same sort of mindset. Right. I think, I think it has moments where you're like, pretty impressed you're pretty like chuff it's tricky because we have come off the last couple of weeks having some really strong films right i mean we we like had roma you know we had a private life which we both loved it's it's funny to have a little bit more a uh, little bit more of a contemporary sort of passive experience right maybe even i think i found this quite interesting because i'm kind of i'm working i mean pre-production <clears throat> excuse me on a short film that you're now involved with that oh, we probably should talk about in the previous, previous. No, I don't want to get into it, but like it, it did remind me because there's there's similar qualities in this film in regards to the short that I'm actually working on. So I kind of looked at it from that perspective as well, in terms of yeah. uh, location wise. There was a lot of locations sort of identical to what was in my mind. I'm not going to get into it too much, but that was an interesting factor. I was like, okay, there's a lot of stuff that I'm going to use here, yeah, or think about when I'm working on the short that I'm working on at the moment. So no, absolutely, that was quite interesting. But um, I think. In regards to um, the film as a whole package, it is quite interesting, and I would actually describe it as a really artsy fartsy version of Final Destination. That's essentially love, what it is. I love that. That's actually really clever. That's like a, a real. I mean, it's a it's the most dumbed down, but actually the most correct too. <laughs> so it's like that's what it is. It's Final Destination, like. What a seven, I, whatever it is now. Because <laughs> uh, at the central, the central point, Gilroy is trying to communicate greed, and right. how how those who are greedy are the ones who suffer in this film, um, and those who don't understand what art is, real or, or take art for granted, basically yeah. they don't see it as a platform. This film has come at a very interesting time in both of our lives because okay. I definitely feel like we've we know people in our industry. Right. That could who have a perception. We some people have different perceptions on what it's like being a filmmaker, mm -hmm. and there's definitely that sort of uh, you know meta narrative with this film. Some people see art as just a platform to get rich. Yeah, especially. Um, uh, I mean, in, in this film, and I mean art in general, it's very some. There's some very pricey artworks. You can make a lot of money doing art. Yeah, but it's easy to lose sight of they really do want to contrast that there are people that are artists in this film yeah. and then there are people that sell the art. Yeah. And then that's the kind of the distinguish where it's like John... So, for instance, um, we will delve into spoilers as we normally do. Yep. You get your week's homework. You've had a week to watch this now. Um, for example, uh, John Malkovich survives mm. all of this that's uh, true, process actually, because yeah. he is the artist and he yeah. sees art as a way of expression. Mm-hmm not as a way of money. I mean, there's a big scene where he's showing um, his new um, sales rep. I can't remember the actor's name. Yeah. Um, and he says, he's like, be honest with me. Tell me what this is. That's the scene you're talking about, yeah? Yes. Yeah. But he's also in an empty warehouse there where all where all money is is, is spar at least in this scene. Yeah. He is, we walk through his entire... Um, warehouse prior and he's got the reproduction line and like right, eight yeah. cars and like but then it all it all secedes in the place where he makes art there's nothing but a basketball hoop and his paint yeah, yeah. And his canvas and that's kind of like the, you pass all the materialism but at the core of what john malkovich stood for as a mm. character was he wanted to say something with what he was painting exactly yeah that's it reminded me of the um 
there's a New York stories that um Scorsese directed like a forty minute short. Um, oh, the one with Nick Nolte. Yeah, it was like that set reminded me of that. It was so small, yeah, like can, his little you know, studio home sort of thing. Yeah, I definitely can. Uh, yeah, I can, I can see that. I mean, whereas all of the other characters. Mm tend to i mean one of the scenes that kind of makes you giggle but also you're like kind of feel a little bit sick is they're at the funeral because one of them has died oh and they can't help but, but just talk about talk well, business yeah. yeah it's all business 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 and that was very uncomfortable <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. But it's like so you're bang on the money with your final destination uh, analysis it just it hit me especially with the i'm not no spoilers but that last shot is very final destination ish yeah like things are not over is all is all i need to say with that one i mean we're getting into spoilers anyway you've had plenty of time to watch it but like yeah it it generally i mean like like i said it's an artsy fartsy version of it there's more there's more to say about um you know like you said with the you know art versus you know use of art uh, as a for monetary gain Mm. um and i feel i feel like nightcrawler had a lot of those um you know capitalistic kind of commentary to talk about although i feel like in nightcrawler you know jake gyllenhaal's character is rewarded for his you know for, yeah for whereas, that style where he he comes out at the end becoming a success yes because of his you know manipulation and use of capitalism while in this one everyone's punished for that it feels it's really interesting because i feel like nightcrawler's I mean, it's it's great that what I like about Gilroy is he's clearly tried to do something different. Yeah. Um. Compare, he hasn't right seen me like, oh no, they like Nightcrawler. Let me give them more Nightcrawler films. He's yeah. gone, no, no, no. I want to make a slasher movie, but I'm gonna like put a, a spin on it that we haven't seen before. Which it is a fresh perspective. There's gonna be a lot of art puns. I feel like there are like in this, <laughs> but um, it will be. It's and honestly, I I like sort of the message to a point of view. I'm not a huge like horror slasher person right um i i don't know i don't get much satisfaction out of watching each character gradually like just bite a bullet basically yeah i think a lot of them weren't very satisfying deaths even if you the tony collette one's really good oh yeah that and that it's it's like kind of the closest reference to an actual buzzsaw yeah you're gonna get except the literal tattoo yes which has its own kind of climactic ending as well um, I like I like one, those two deaths, but there are some pretty underwhelming ones in here. There are underwhelming. Uh, I think the Gyllenhaal death is incredibly underwhelming. I thought the payoff with bringing that robot kind of piece back, that was kind of cool. It was cool. It was just in, it was just I guess the the setting wasn't exactly like yeah. Um, what well, it like for for his character and there's no real protagonist in this film. It's an ensemble, if anything. Mm. Um, but I feel like you know Gyllenhaal is definitely kind of the a lot of people are going to watch this film because, oh, he's in this. I feel like a lot mm. of people are going to watch it. So it's kind of, yeah, I understand. Like, his, his death is a bit more dissatisfying in that regard. But I did I did love that robot, though. I find... Reminded me of Terminator. It was really cool. <laughs> it was a really cool robot. Yeah. Um, admittedly, I have a couple of issues. Okay. Um, admittedly? Uh, so you oh, admit- oh, my no. issues... Okay, so I like the fact that each one of the people do die by a work of art or they're in a work of art right and then they they die yeah um except um i'm trying to remember his name but he was the first one to die the one who died he who, right he, he died by the monkeys but before he pulled up into that gas station a bit of a silly death the the death by honest. monkeys yeah, death by monkeys in the why is there a painting in like a gas a, station bathroom of monkeys yeah no, 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 why is there a painting at all a little bit. Some of them were a little bit convoluted and confusing. Also, oh. the actions that which enabled him to pull up at that gas station, have the car accident, were a little bit too like he actually saw the man. Yeah, the man like appears, and, and that's the only time. And I think that actually, I think the fact that he sets himself on fire was enough. Yeah, like oh, he's distracted. He's burning. He's distracted. He hits the team, and now he has to see like the reincarnation of the guy himself as well. I thought it was, but it actually takes away from the supernatural force. Right, okay. But I, I guess they wanted to tie... And I think the thing is, he was way more powerful when he when he wasn't sh- his face wasn't shown and it was just Gyllenhaal doing research and just yeah, blabbing out all just, that. You, slight, you get you know, this exposition pretty smartly. Well, because he's researching. Our heads pr- can process a far worse thing, a far more demonic yeah. 
whereas as opposed to like just a scary bald dude who's just pops up in the back and then the score it was a cheap jump scare too it was very like yeah i it was silly there was definitely a lot of jump scary moments in this film and it made me think the one with it was a very silly one near the start where a cat jumps on a table yes and i was like why does it even need to be music here the cat can just jump up and the character can jump and go oh shit but the cat hit the uh, orchestra button when he jumped (laughs) i agree i agree that's smart maybe maybe the cat jumps on a piano and that's the sound effect. Like, that's the that stuff would be more that, clever. that makes it... Like, Nightcrawler is almost more uncomfortable and even frightening because it's it's not looking for jump scares. Yeah. It's, it's more frightening that someone films someone dying and then, like, the news buys it. Yeah, exactly. Because it makes for good news. That's more frightening and more scary now i get the genre is a slight like it's a horror i guess it's a slight. it kind of bl- you can tell in the marketing the promotional material that there's like they're really embracing that hack and slash kind of yes. part of the film and i think that's disappointing because it, it has some really cool deaths yeah that are really tied into the narrative and actually support what he's trying to say about capitalistic agenda yeah and it just feels like some of them are just a little bit tacky, you know. A little so, bit, yeah. What about you? What else you got? No, I was just going to say, well, first off, poor Coco. <laughs> yeah. She sees three dead bodies in this film. That, over the course of time. I like the the third reaction was more just like... Yeah, it was self-referent. She was like, fuck's sake, like, <laughs> third time I, this week. I honestly yeah. don't get why she's there. She, what does she actually do apart from okay. find the bodies? Basically, is it like... Yeah, okay. What is she really serving to the plot? She's a nice girl. Is it just to contrast her against the, the dickheads around her? I feel like there's definitely, yeah, like that kind of excuse. Because, you know, we were talking before about, you know, the people who are in the safe zone because they actually value are doing the job or whatever, as opposed to the people who are in it. For the money or kind of have this money alternative power. view or power exactly um and then they're gonna bite the dust she kind of fits in the middle somewhere because she's kind of just doing her job but, but she also sees opportunities so she has the but the, i i literally i can't see where she really sits in this yeah film. well even when she's at that job she's at this job opening and they're pretty much just looking at her like you're like 20 years too young for this job get out of here and as soon as he finds out that she has like some sort of intel Oh, like uh, Intel competition or something like that. Um, he's like, oh, well, you know what? Actually, maybe we do have a role for you, sort of thing. I generally can't even remember if she took that job. I'm guessing she not. did. She did. She did. Okay. Died. died. She jumped onto that. She jumped to the three right, jobs. Right. Okay. Each of the people okay. she worked for died. That's right. And then it, that's it, how she finds them each time. But yeah. I don't. I don't know. It just felt like putting another person into this movie that didn't need to be in this movie. Yeah. It's interesting because she was actually... I didn't notice this until I was like looking... I was writing my notes and I quickly looked up the cast to get mm-hmm. uh, names of characters. And I realised she was actually played by um, Zanatia uh, Dreyer, who's actually the girl from Stranger Things. I was like, ah. Was the, well, like... The, 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 the teenage girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look like because she's got like glasses and she Still looks like... Still haven't seen season two. Five years older um, than she does in that show because she's obviously... When's season three come out? Uh... I think I think in July, I think oh, come out with that. Watch that I think season. I think Netflix does that though. They always cast the same people between their own shows and films. Yeah, they do that a lot. I noticed the the main girl from um, I'm blanking on her name. I feel like a dickhead. Um, but the main girl from the uh from Love, the show Love, she's in a lot of Netflix exclusives and stuff as well. No, that's fair. The thirteen reasons really why cast has name. actually been spread out quite yeah, a bit exactly. too over, over different. So I just noticed that Netflix do that. It's interesting. But yeah, no, I. I... I, I I don't know. I didn't think she served a purpose in this film. I yeah, I can't I can't I can't think of an argument against that. You might, you're probably right. I just I'm trying to think of the actual plot and how she changes the plot in any way, shape, or form because she doesn't really. No. You're right. She's just kind of there for each death and kind of each yeah thing. She's just kind of more a, more of a punchline to the joke yeah. basically. But well, it's it's itch- I feel like the plot's messy to be honest. It's messy because it's abstract. Yeah, so. no. you suck. <laughs> um, no, I think it's messy because it's like I said. There's no real protagonist. It's kind of an ensemble. We're following mm-hmm. all these different people. You kind of get equal screen time and all. If if there was anyone, but none of them you want to survive. So normally, like in a slasher horror, there's 
one of someone the you want to survive. Normally, it's the final girl, basically. It's right. The, it's normally a girl that survives. Well, I feel like it? the only one who you can make a case for being the protagonist is Josephina. And she obviously bites the dust at the end. I s- that was a weird death as well. Her death? Yeah. She I, don't, I didn't like up. it from the start, honestly. Well, I'm not saying she was likable. I was saying she might be the protagonist if you were to make an argument for one specific character. See, arguably, I would have said Gyllenhaal was the protagonist. Um, I think I suppose, he does I feel less. Like, I feel like he's a backseat, though, in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's tricky, because they do share... The they share a lot of the same kind of... Screen time, Roles yeah. and screen time and everything. Maybe that's so. to do with... It's a huge cast of, like... It's a big cast. Good cast. So, but yeah. it's a good... Yeah, it's a good cast, but I think it also suffers a very similar problem that, uh, that Bird Box actually suffered, which... Um, maybe not as okay. bad as Bird Box, um, but Bird Box, especially with the flashback scenes, had a too big a cast, and okay. so when people died, I don't think it carried the weight in Bird Box. Well, I feel like it's not really meant to carry much weight in this film either. Yeah. you didn't like any of the characters. No. So, I think and the only character you kind of feel compelled <laughs> for is probably John Malkovich, but he gets removed from the, at the, the yeah. sec- end of the second act. Well, I didn't, feel, I, I didn't feel like I knew enough about him to care, so even I didn't like... It's a lot of talking, too, in the first 20 minutes. It's a lot of, like, art talk. The first few scenes... The, it's interesting, the art talk. I feel like the dialogue, specifically, takes a while to get used to. I think mean, the whole film gets a while to get used to. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned that. Those first few scenes are rough. Even, like, um, Josephina's intro was very rough. It just kind of cuts to where she gets a phone call. Oh, you've been cheated on. And even the way it's cut. I think yeah. the editing all around was really weird. I mean, a lot, was, of, um, lot of, like, misplaced eye lines and stuff. I agree. Like, just, I, editing was rough. I think, um, honestly, that those first couple of scenes, you're like, what, what's going on? Like, I remember yeah. starting to watch it. I didn't even have a coffee yet. And I was like, oh, I stopped it two minutes <laughs> in. And I went, I need to go get a coffee. You need a coffee to watch this, this is, film. This is like a Soderbergh level. Like, we're talking a lot here. There's a lot to catch up on quickly. And you do. You eventually whereas, do. Whereas, no, it's so funny that his last film, his last directorial film, was Nightcrawler. Because it's so polar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because Nightcrawler, there are it's periods where Gyllenhaal does talk a lot. But then there's just silence yeah. in bits in Crawler. Because obviously they're waiting for stuff to happen. Yeah. So, I, I feel like this one's very much like, bang, bang, bang. Especially with all those sweeping camera shots around the gallery we're tracking Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Which is, that one take, that where it's like going between oh, yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah. you're like, these are all people who are going to die, basically. Yeah, basically. I think it's, I'm, I'm glad you pointed it out, because it does feel more like you're watching a play. The way it's written yeah. and stuff, the, the dialogue is kind of so up there. Um, and you kind of have to follow it. And it's like, it doesn't feel real a lot of the time. But yeah. I think that helps create kind of a distance between you and this kind of art culture they've made in this film, um, which is good because you know when they talk, when they, for example, when they when they open up the art piece, it's like this is amazing, this is immaculate, this is incredible. It's like it takes a while to buy that because it's like mm. what makes an art piece good and like everyone all automatically falls for this, and you can buy it psychologically. The best one is when Gyllenhaal's looking through them exactly. for the first time. And, and he doesn't like, oh say God. anything at yeah. first. And she's like, what do you think? And she's, he's just like, it's just legend. And it just, for most of us, it would appear just like a bunch of paintings. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, yeah it's immaculate. It's, it's uh, one in a uh, one in a million, basically. And it's like, you do eventually see what the paintings are. But in that moment, it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to buy it, you know? Mm. When they just when they just look at it and like, it's amazing. And it's like, okay, I is there something further? And like I said, I think the distance helps with that. It's like, okay, they're in a language and in a world that we're not in because of the way the dialogue's done, because of like how heightened their performances yeah. are. No, the um, um, I think to say the film is a bit messy is actually a really good way of saying it because I feel like things just... I mean, in the first 20 minutes, we meet Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, we meet... Uh, is it is it Zawe Ashton, right? Uh, yes. Zoe Ashton. Um, or Josephina's. Josephina yeah. gets dumped. Gyllenhaal admits to liking Josephina. They become a couple. I figured it was even a plot point. <laughs> yeah, and it's a big part of the first it's a big part. 15 minutes. Yeah. And then she goes on to have um, an affair later in the movie. Yeah. With um, with uh, that dude. He's like the young. Which, he looks like a rapper. He doesn't look like a painter at all. David Diggs. That's it. Is, uh, he sounds like a rapper too. So, <laughs> I don't know what, what his character name in the film is, but that's just, that's. Oh, okay. That's I, thought that was, I thought that was the character but, name. But, Okay. Who's very 
a melancholy actor and he's a street artist who was picked up and then eventually gets out but he was picked up by this art firm that yeah. helps appraise and get, and get you basically money and, and fame and stuff and eventually he leaves but that stuff just felt incredibly messy and didn't feel like it needed a lot of this feels like we're just especially when the deaths start happening yeah feels like we're just filling time to the next death uh sometimes. right i think i mean that's the same thing final destination you only watch those films for the deaths and everything in between those scenes is just you know filler and oh we need some sort of story here that kind of carries through mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not i mean i am comparing this to final destination a lot I, I think, think it's definitely it literally, better I reckon in this films, but yeah, I but I think it's a really good way of comparing it. Um, like yeah. it's the best way to do it because in Final Destination you don't really care about the characters. Yeah, you are just waiting for them to die in some hilarious, funny way. I think I think the difference is you go into those films knowing that I'm not going to care about this guy. I want to see the, the most inventive way for them to die. But this film, I feel like might maybe tries, but not really. I think. But, okay, but, like, you almost know what you're getting with a Final Destination film, whereas this film, I don't know. I think, I like, I didn't watch anything before coming in, so I'm kind of just taking it as it goes yeah, when exactly. I'm watching it. And I want to feel compelled for a character when they die. And as soon as I saw the fir- when the first guy died, he... Because there's a plethora of actors in this film. Yeah. It's, you're kind of like, okay, well, he's dead. And then you see Tony Collette die in, admittedly, a really cool uh, way... I think that's, I mean that's my favorite, but I, I think the gore in that was like, ooh, this is. Yeah, I like the I fallout know. from it too, though. Like the phone call about how they thought she was a part oh, of the exhibit. Actually, you know what? Yeah, no, that and was that was really good. That, the break, footprints, yeah. the kids are sipped in the blood. Oh, that was so good. If, that was really. good. If you want to break into highlight scenes, that would probably be yeah, my highlight. That's, scene. that's why I paused. I'm like, that's a highlight scene right there. Probably Sorry. I have a couple others, but that's a good one. Okay, well let's let's break into highlight scenes because I think I'm pretty. I've, I've covered all my points. Yeah, I think film. I think we're pretty much there. I mean, I've, yeah, I pretty much talked about everything. I do I do want to talk a little bit more about the comparison to Nightcrawler because like we've talked about it already, and it's quite interesting kind of jump. I think the main difference between this and Nightcrawler is that Nightcrawler was based on this one dude, and it was much more focused. And like, and like I, I've already said, like they the the capitalism used in that film is rewarded while it's punished in this film it's... and they're killed for their misuse uh, or kind of greedy use mm. of money making essentially mm-hmm. of getting financial so i thought i thought that was kind of an interesting um comparison there but you know what? i think you're right let's i think i'm pretty happy i feel it was i liked it i liked the film if you want to um, if you want to if you want a slasher uh, yeah. a hack and slash sort of film with a, a different interpretation that is trying to say some things at least with it yeah um yeah give it a check out it's on netflix right now it's on netflix um, um netflix original i'm guessing it is yeah there you go it's it's yeah it's very interesting yes very interesting um i can't remember what grade i gave it but um yeah let's get into the uh our highlight scenes i want to kind of hear highlight what you scene. tony so say. the tony collette death scene was definitely one um i did actually love that final final death um which with... one because they kind of do three in one hit okay um it is renee russo's death yeah okay so with the velvet buzzsaw um i really liked that death i thought that was very almost felt like 80 slasher it was very silly in that way yeah but like, i think it was fun it was but fun i love the fact chaos. that it starts to move yeah and rotate and i really like that because i i, I found that just I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I didn't like Zawei Ashton's death or yeah. Josephina's death. I didn't yeah. really get it. Um, it was cool. The it's cool I, that she's in the the painting, but yeah, a little thing. There it, at the end. It, it kind of almost breaks into. So it goes from being supernatural to surreal in that moment because she yeah. walks into a gallery that doesn't exist. Right. Which I don't get that. So. You mean the the physicality, her physical body? Where did it go, and how did she actually die? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I get that. Whereas What's everyone the, else's it, very obvious deaths that do incorporate art. Yeah. What's well, even the same with Morph? Like that robot clearly didn't exist where he was. It didn't actually choke him. No, it did. So how, it, there was oh, a throwaway was line. So the whole thing is um that that 
whole when he saw that robot for the first time, yeah, and he, um, says, like, he wrote a scathing review that put that robot in storage. Oh, okay, right, right, right. So, but so what? The robot was fiz- oh, right, because they're in the storage, right? Okay, yeah. Hence why it's I'm, an anti. I'm okay. I'm okay. Hence it's an anticlimactic <laughs> sort of s- situation, but it's also a logical situation. That's really so, interesting that that's like okay that wasn't like a surreal that's like a, what actually at least happened. that's how I saw it I saw okay. it as because the the person who was hosting the original art yeah. um, exhibition that we go to and we see Gyllenhaal writes the review and kills him and then like kills like the buzz around that robot yeah because that he really liked that robot but he wrote it because Ali Ashton's character Joseph I thought that was a cool little like and then arc there the guy who owned the the Miami show actually had a go at him yeah. later in the film and it was kind of like a, oh well now my robot's in storage gathering up dust yeah and it's like yeah but and then of course it gets its revenge on it's on... interesting how much power i mean the, you know obviously it's a whole thing about critiques and uh, you know critics but am i wrong he was the only one that we kind of followed who was a critic yep yeah you, that's the only one yeah I mean, kind of like Birdman, they have the one critic who's in charge of everything. I think Birdman it's just a, has that. I feel like they're all meant to be representations. It's a representation, the, yeah. yeah. They're, they're all like representations. Kind of thing. And I like, that's the thing though, I feel like every death at least had justification to um, who they were as characters. Right. But the Zoe Ashton one was the only one that I was kind of a little bit confused It was a bit confusing i agree because it's kind of like oh well now we're in inception for some reason like (laughs) i don't know like we're going into this room that doesn't exist and now she's a part of the painting now it would have been cool if just the painting attacked her and then like sucked her into the wall right i mean you had monkeys earlier for that so i thought you could have done something like that yeah yeah i yeah i wasn't a huge fan the more i think about it the more i like obviously the arm coming off that was awesome just the way it all happened and then the aftermath of that i think that would be one of my highlight scenes is this if it's not her being there and no one an entertaining death dead. though what scenes are there really to pick from that are like profound for or me have a commentary for me there's a couple of and i i said it earlier there, there's like a short scenes a couple of really short more moments than there are scenes mm-hmm. that i took away that weren't based on deaths um there was a there was a shot i guess it was a shot one of my highlight shots if you will was it it starts off it just kind of cuts to this family watching tv and it takes me a second to realize oh it's a bunch of mannequins in a set um as uh what's her name walks in yeah i'm blanking on her name um yeah i'm sorry blanking oh renee russo's character yeah 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 um i had a name in the notes but i've crossed them out <laughs> um but then she's looking around and she's like oh it's just the the actual lighting setup and then the camera pulls up and you see additional lights yeah, up there. That shot was really nice. And another shot I really liked was, um, basically when they said, "Okay, these paintings exist. We're gonna do something with them." And then it, it's kind of like a POV shot. The curtains pulled over, and it's a bunch of lawyers crafting the story. Okay, how do we legally get away with these, like using these paintings? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Okay, we could do this." Oh, you found them by the dumpster, and they just have that conversation. And then it goes to the next shot where it's um. Gyllenhaal's character opening up, um, you know, Morph, and he's like, "Is it Morph?" Yes. Yeah, Morph, and he says, "I'm just thinking Morph from another from another thing," um, and he, it's the same shot, but it's him, and he actually talks about inspiration. Like, I want to write a book on this on mm. this person. Um, I thought it was an interesting way of him being like, "I've been a critic my whole life, but this has influenced me to want to create something." Obviously, it doesn't really take it there, but I thought it was an interesting little. Unfortunately, he doesn't he live long enough to uh to do that. But yeah, yeah, that's um, all you got. Uh, yeah, that that's it for me. Were there any other standout scenes for you? I think if I had to pick a scene, it would be the aftermath. Unfortunately, not the arm. Really, um, that would probably be if there was the scene. It was that scene too. Yeah. So uh, Dan Gilroy's Velvet Buzzsaw is out on Netflix right oh, now. So if you are in for a bit of uh, entertaining hack and slash film then uh check it out there you go well uh what's new in cinemas what's this new week? in cinemas sir let's uh take a little gander do you want me to go through this again yeah you go for it man oh, we got a bit of a got a bit of a list here look at this um all right i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you these at a random order okay i'm gonna gauge your reactions to some of these so um we've got escape room 
2019 escape room. Bit of a... Um... I have no clue what this... I see trailers for it everywhere. I have no clue what this is. Um, well, it's basically taking a concept that... A popular concept in pop culture right now and okay. putting it into a movie. It's so uh, it's just an escape room. It's an escape room sort okay. of movie. I'm not getting like okay it. reviews, nothing too crazy, nothing. Yeah, I just I don't know what it is. Eh? Um, all right. Uh, integrity. What is what's integrity? I am not a hundred percent sure. Okay. What integrity. We take we might take a look at that. Um, Cold Pursuit. I believe that's Liam Neeson. That is a Liam Neeson film. Unfortunately, Liam Neeson in the last week has gotten under a lot of a. Uh, I think that's so. I feel like the people who are like, oh, Liam Neeson, come on. Like, did they read the article? Did they no, actually read the nuances of what he's talking about? It is, it is, I think that's unfair on his behalf. It's an interesting It's an interesting time. It's, uh, I, I'm more... When I heard the story, read the article, um, basically was just like, these are the things we can't... We don't talk about that stuff anymore. Exactly. That's the it's thing, I'll talk about. But what anything, my takeaway is... Sorry? Based off... The Nightcrawler stuff, anything mm. can be spun a certain way, right? Exactly, yeah. You tell stories. So. Was, it, was it a family member or a friend? I think it was a friend. Okay, so but the, all, all I took away from the story is he had a friend who got raped, and he was on a hunt. He was out for revenge. And, I mean, that kind of sounds like a movie plot does. right there. But, like, that, to me, that's a genuine reaction. And, obviously, people are going to use the race thing to kind of you know assassinate his character or anything it's just like that's the information he had he knew specific elements about this particular person he was trying to find and was so angry he admitted to wanting to kill it's not something i'd want to say on mainstream media that's definitely what i not. would say definitely balls that he said it and i think it's a little unfair the attack that he's getting but what do you expect in this climate <laughs> well it's yeah. it's uh how it is anyway on the basis of, the movie, of sex well i was gonna say for cold pursuit um mm. I actually like the look of it. It looks kind of interesting. I don't know what it is. I'm just, again, seeing trailers. It was... Wasn't Liam Neeson another, like, movie looks like a wolf? The commuter. And... Oh, The Grey. The Grey, that's it. Which it's is like with snow film. and everything. Okay. It's like very films, familiar actually. with that. On the basis of sex, that's uh, Felicity Jones. Am I getting that right? Is that her name? Felicity, Felicity Jones. That's Felicity Jones, yeah. She's in a lot. I never knew she was in um, the Stephen Hawking film. The Theory Dude, of Everything. I haven't seen it yet. It's good. Uh, I know. Uh, you should uh, tag I, me. Is a is it on the list, Zeke? I could probably put it on the list. It's on I the list, everyone. On the list. on the list. Is there anything else here that gauges your interest? Unfortunately, not. But for the other films on this list, there is Extreme God, Cape and Norm, uh, Maria by Callus, and the Combination Redemption and the, the Wandering Earth. Earth. The Wandering Earth. But on the basis of sex, I do not care for. Mm, I yeah, none of these look interesting. To me. Maybe Cold Pursuit if I looked it up, but I don't know. Tough week. It's a tough week. There's, but, uh, there's some other stuff coming down the line. Speaking of coming down the line, next week on the show, we're going to try something new. Mm. So every fifth episode, I've pitched this idea to Jake. He likes the sound of it. We're going to take the directors we love, and maybe some of the directors we're not so familiar with, and we're mm. going to watch their first ever feature film. This week, we're going to start with a, a real easy one, because neither of us have seen the film. Neither of us have seen this. Christopher Nolan, and we're going to watch Memento. Mmm. I'm excited. Where am I? Some anonymous motel room. I guess I've already told you about my condition. Oh, well, only every time I see you. Leonard, played by Guy Pierce, is tracking down the man who raped and murdered his wife. The difficulty, however of locating the wife's killer is compounded by the fact he suffers from a rare, untreatable form of memory loss. Mm. This film stars Guy Pearce and Carrie-Anne Moss. And this was Christopher Nolan's first film, 2000 Memento, will be episode five so, or next yeah. week on the show. Yeah, next week. So uh, if you haven't already seen it, maybe give it a bit of a, a rewatch. Maybe a we'll watch or oh, Sorry, if you have seen it already, give it a rewatch, sorry. Yeah, because um, obviously, obviously Nolan has done a lot of... Uh, Really cool things. A lot of cool stuff. I'm a big Nolan fan, but I've I've only seen either short films that he's done or twenty two thousand five post work. Although I've been re- I rewatched The Dark Knight Rises the other day. Really? Yeah. You enjoy it? I've I've never had issues with it. I mean, yeah. I this... personally think it it it's pretty good and it's pretty much on par with Dark Knight. But that's that's a. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel never... like I'm already backing up and getting into a ball by saying <laughs> that. But... No, it's, I mean, uh, people. I think people are too hard on certain plot elements. You know, people just picked on a lot of different things. Like, oh, what about this? What about this? I like, think if you're going to pick sense. on 
the Dark Knight or the Batman movies from Nolan, you have to pick on all of them. You can't just automatically assume that, like, you've got to, if you're going to take a critical lens to one of the films, you've got to take the critical lens to all three of the films. Yeah. And I often think people don't do that. It's very long as well. It is very long. It's like, two, hours, like two Yeah, but this one's like two hours 44 or something. It's crazy. Yeah. I actually, I, I find it pretty entertaining. I think, um, especially performances by uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, and um, Gary Oldman. Perfect Jim Gordon. Yeah. Perfect, Perfect Jim, Gordon. Jim Gordon. Oh, my God. But anyway, next week, Memento. Uh, I guess Jay. I was Zeke. I guess I was Jake. And uh, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Bada-boom, bada-boom.